When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. Like the great Tiger Woods, Husker football will pull off an incredible comeback. Let's just give Coach Frost a little time, folks. All right, all right, I like that. And I'm also with Mac. What's up, Redcasters? I'm going to apologize in advance if I have to take some breaks in between the podcast. I was inspired by Wendy's this weekend. Went there, got a little something to eat, but unfortunately, now I've got diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, always happens when you go to Wendy's. Yes, have it your way. Have um, it your way. <laughs> also with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to remind the Redcasters, I know we've set a record for uh, most lost start of the season since 1945, but I do want to remind them that team did end up beating Iowa at the end of the season that year. So we have that to look forward to, at least. Uh, uh, coached by the great Patsy Clark. Correct. Right, Boomer? Yes, our uh, very own uh, you know Grover Cleveland of head coaches. Head coach on two non-consecutive occasions. So. <laughs> <laughs> From happy days, Patsy? Yeah, it, pretty much, yeah. Just as well. Uh, well and no, guys. he was not a good coach. <laughs> yeah, well, we do think Scott Frost is a good coach, and we'll go down on the annals of Husker history uh, more illustrative than Potsy Clark. But uh, the long, scary nightmare that is Husker football uh, has uh, continued with a thrashing by Michigan in Ann Arbor this Saturday. It was uh, a painful experience to watch. Um, it really was over within the first, oh, I don't know, two or three plays of the game. Hockey, I had the pleasure of, well, not the pleasure, but I did watch the game with you. And what were your initial um, thoughts? Uh, the exact same thoughts that everyone else listening right now had, too. I mean, it was pretty helpless. It was pretty quick. And it didn't take long. I mean, we were, they'd scored only maybe one touchdown. Maybe they got the second one in. And it was like, this is over. We're not coming back from this. And I'm usually, I mentioned it last week about the Oklahoma game in, in uh, 08, where I turned to Mac and we're down 35 nothing. Can we come back? And he goes, no. <laughs> well, I, I texted all you guys. I'm like, I, I've had a no moment, and that was, you know, halfway through the first quarter. Yeah. So it was sad to see because I think we all like to think that we're past that. Uh, this is part of the growing pains. It's painful, but I think it's a very important part of the growing pains. Mac? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's an 11.30 or 11 o'clock kickoff. You're super excited. You got your whole day in front of you, and they just come out and rip your heart right out of your chest, man. It was The game was over so quickly and, and so decidedly. We were, uh, it was high school versus college is what it looked like to me. We were just outmanned, outmatched, outcoached in some respects. But, uh, you know, the blinders are off, folks. This is, this is the reality of the season, and... We talked about it a little bit last week what what the reality of of football is and and you know if you can reassess it 
look at it anew. There's there's things that you can probably find joy in as the football season moves on. There's a lot of games left. I'm not I'm not selling out just yet. Oh. Yeah, uh, Boomer. Uh, special teams was a disaster again for the third straight game. Yeah, Boomer, I'm starting to blame you personally. <laughs> well, we so have I, a special teams coordinator on the Red Cast. I don't know if the Huskers have a special team coordinator. No, on I'm not sure we have <laughs> I was, We did Boomer make our field Reed. goal an extra point, so there is that. If there was one positive to take away from that, at least we, we were successful on the kicks. So everything else, yeah, just forget it. So... Like uh, one of our uh, Twitter followers, uh, Walter C. Bummy Booth, asked, why do we even bother putting anybody back there to field punts? We'd be just as well not doing so. I mean, Yeah, we'd not? have less turnovers. Yeah. So what do we have to lose? Sure. I mean, and what other team is actually using that fair catch rule for kickoffs? Almost no one, and yet we, we were using it yesterday yeah. or on Saturday. What, do you trust like, him to oh, grab the ball and run with it? I mean, at this present moment, probably not. No. no. <laughs> uh yeah, well, on the bright side, at least for Honky and I, um, to cope with the uh, the disaster that was Nebraska at, at Michigan at an early start, and, and out here in, in Colorado, obviously, it's a, a 10 a.m. start time. Um, after being at uh, the, the Husker Watch site, we ended up uh, tailgate hopping, essentially, at, at all the different uh, sports bars here in Denver, and were able to mingle with many other fan bases uh honky can you remember the uh, the sequence that we actually had well i know right after we left uh the nebraska bar and and you can follow it on twitter if you go back to us on on saturday i hope it was entertaining for people to watch but we kind of called each bar we went to the, the town so we went to tallahassee afterwards and went to brothers and, and we were at a florida state bar and i was kind of telling dave throughout the day i was as bummed as you can imagine being at the end of the game but I, I think if I had been in downtown Lincoln, if I had been at the Haymarket, I think I'd have been miserable by the end of the day because you're just around people that are just as upset as you. No one's there to cheer you up. And when, when we started off at the Florida State Bar, we could talk with other Florida State fans who are literally going through the same things we are. Um, Taggart is frost to them. You know, he's a good fit. He's kind of somebody coming back home, so to speak, but he's starting off pretty rough. And they had their things that they could complain about and everything, and I had our things that we could. Uh, two of the people that we met were Florida State people where the 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 girl is actually a Nebraska fan originally. Her mom's from Valentine. Her cousin is Pierre Allen. And uh, we took a photo with those two, and the guy's a Florida State fan, so that's where they came from. And But, I mean, oh, my gosh, by the end of the day, we met with Oregon fans. We watched we watched Virginia Tech get beat by Old Dominion with Hokie fans. It was which was yeah, kind of awesome. Was, yeah, not for them, but it was not, a great yeah. experience. It was it, fun. it was feel fun. better. It was cathartic in some in some ways because you saw another fan base struggling like us uh, at the same time. Yeah, and and uh, Iowa Sean, who was on with us in May, uh, Dave's neighbor, and we, I hope to have him on shortly. I know he he listens to us and. He's a great guy, man, and he was so good to have with us during the Husker game because he was being nice and almost obnoxiously nice, like, you know, you guys, you're better than that and all that. And, you know, but by the end of the night when we watched Iowa lose and he was there, guess what? He's just as pissed as any other fan and any other fan base. I mean, by the end of it, that you know, he had his things that, you know, there was wrong with Iowa, but he was, he was as passionate about that team as we were about ours. And that's what I think at the end of the day. And I recommend this. And, Dave, thank you. It's been three straight years I've done it. I'm going to continue to do it every single year from this point on. If you have a chance, 
Go to places like Lodo, Denver. Go to places like Wrigleyville, Chicago. Go to places like Manhattan. There are certain areas in the country where there's so many transplants that have moved there that you have a, a just a, a bunch of bars, watch sites in one area where you can literally just go across the street and go from one to the next to the next. And it's so it's one of the most unique ways to watch college football. I'll do it every year. And so even on a crappy day like that, it ended like fun. And we watched so much football. And yeah, normally normally I would not watch much football after that. Frankly, I would prefer if you two stopped getting together to watch football <laughs> yeah. because it never goes well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean well, think about you it. You never watched... had anything to celebrate together. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, they no, watched and, the Husker and... game together. They watched the Virginia Tech game together. Then you were at an Oregon watch site. You guys are the kiss of death. I mean, my are you seeing Iowa? a trend in Iowa? In Iowa, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a trend, and this is a sorry trend. But Dave and I talked about since Dave and producer Skip met or talked about the, the Redcast, starting up a podcast the night of the Iowa loss in 2016 in China. They were in China talking about it. And we got blown out that day. And then ever since we've actually started the show, we are basically right now 4-11, and 11, I think. So, yes. yeah, we ha- we've never really had a lot of wonderful things to talk about on the show. But you know what? Let's have some fun with it. Husker Nation, have some fun with this. This is one thing, and I, I'm, I'm really serious about this. There is too much time where we don't get football. And once you do get football, if you're more miserable during these three months than the other nine months of the year, you really need a new hobby. I mean, I'm dead serious about that. Um, my gosh, go buy some Bob Ross tapes and learn to paint or, or <laughs> go on to DIY and fix up your garage. Why, Bed, Bath & Beyond is always nice. Yeah, why, be, why be miserable right now? You could be upset at the game, at the, at, at the team, but when it's, when it's done, it's done, move on. There's nine more games for this team to get better. And I think that's the thing, that, and I know we're gonna, in the next segment we're going to start talking about Frost and, and his press conference today. But the exciting thing about this season is there's still chances to get better, and that's young guys and new guys getting onto the field and seeing improvement. And believe me, if we are rock bottom like we've, we've kind of been told, there's plenty of improvement to be made. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good point, Hawk. I mean, I, uh, talking about enjoying the season, uh, I think one of my favorite characters we met on Saturday night was Robbie, the Oregon Duck fan, who was he was like like the Oregon version of Honky, pretty much. He was just so boisterous and uh, and loving Oregon football, and he had like this mohawk and this like Oregon Ducks Hawaiian shirt, and I mean, it was just classic, man. And, and, he, and uh, was he gassy? <laughs> probably, but we, he we prob- saw him he probably after ate- the game on the street, and I was like, I was we're gonna congratulate him because I thought Oregon had won, and of course they <laughs> hadn't. But uh, he yeah, was well, still he happy guy. Ate, so he probably ate Wendy's too and got a little gassy, but but still, um, yeah, great guy. And again, those photos are all out there on Twitter, so go back to, or social media, I guess in general. So go back to Saturday if you want to see it. It's all in one long thread, every place that we went to. So. Hopefully, hopefully you can enjoy that. At least. That is a cool environment. I've been down there too with you guys uh, at least that one time, and it's just kind of neat. It's just like it is like going to that town and kind of being immersed. You hear their chants, you hear their mm-hmm. their different traditions that they pull off in those bars, and it is neat to see. Uh, I went to Rokeberry Farms after, <laughs> and it was funny because it was like zombie Husker fans, like kind of watching their children have a blast while they're like on their phone, like shaking their head, going "No, Everybody wrong, horrible," you know. And it was just like, oh, 
You guys look like you were having more fun. Can I say this though, Mac? And this is Mac and I go way back. I mean, we all do, but Mac and I specifically in the in the football world, I have an appreciation for him, and he has an appreciation for me. When we play a game like that, I don't text him, I don't call him, I don't bug him. He doesn't call me, he doesn't text me, he doesn't bug me. We're not going to say anything for a couple of days. And and to our credit. Right before we have a kind of a routine before we record the show, and, and it wasn't until tonight that we chatted. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we still. I mean, had this podcast not existed, it could go two to three more days easily, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, we are very pouty that way, but Ugh. but Husker Nation, you shouldn't be pouty. There's too much good stuff ahead of us, and let's let's let Coach Frost and staff do his do their thing, and let's support the hell out of them. Better times ahead. Better times ahead. Well, let's uh, turn to at the uh the presser today and talk about scott frost and everything we learned down in lincoln scarlet colored glasses brought to you by wendy's you might need a scott frosty to ice down last saturday's beating so stop on by your local wendy's and get your hands on a classic chocolate frosty made with the all natural ingredients of milk sugar corn syrup cream whey non-fat dry milk Cocoa, processed with alkali, guar gum, mono and diglycerides, diglycerides, cellulose gum, natural vanilla flavor, corriginin, calcium sulfate, sodium citrate, dextrose, and vitamin A palmitate, palmitate. also available in vanilla flavoring. Mmm, I can taste the diglycerides now. Wendy's. All right, guys. Well, what has become must-listen-to press conferences? Every Monday we get to hear from Scott Frost and uh, several players, uh, and uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, important to, to hear from the coach and others after a tough loss. Uh, Honky, I think you uh, listened or, or watched uh, again today. What were your takes on the Frost presser? I think the, the number one thing that stands out to me about Coach Frost compared to, let's just use Riley a year ago as an example, is that when things got out of hand a year ago, I know I don't know that we ever felt like we really had a leader in place to just take us through it, like somebody that had the confidence, like we're going to get this thing turned around. We may be having all the same issues at times as we were having in previous years, but Coach Frost is 100% in control. That is one part. I mean, he came out and he said, nobody's more frustrated than me, but I'm never going to panic. I know what we're asking these guys to do, that it works. Maybe this is a little bigger fixer, but taking longer than he's expected, but there's no question in his mind that they're going to get it fixed. The confidence is there, mm-hmm. and the control is there. And I just think of it as, think of it as last year's. The season spiraled out of control. You see guys that are hitting walls in the in the you know locker room and, and not – wearing the right dress and all the stuff that, that Moose and Frost, or at least Moose talked about, I think, at the end of, of last season, that's not going to happen here. If guys want to revolt, go ahead. Feel yeah. free to revolt. There is one guy in control of this program. It's Coach Frost, and he's going to get this thing. He'll have it in control. Yeah, you'd watch a press conference last year with Riley, and, you know, it was always – it had a specific formula to it. He'd come out, talk about injuries, and then he would come out and he'd highlight players that had a good game. 
and and it was always ridiculous because he would point out special teams guys and this and that and and you're like were we watching the same game Mike because nobody had a good game and I feel like at least with Frost on this situation he said he comes out and says we got whipped we did get whipped he comes out and says we need to get better in all phases we do need to get better in all phases he comes out and he says we don't look like Michigan and it's true we don't look like Michigan we look smaller we don't look as efficient we don't know you know, we're kind of running around with our heads cut off sometimes. You know, we're just not there. And I do appreciate the fact that I feel like when he says these things, these are things I'm thinking when I'm watching these games. You know, so he's not trying to feed me a line. At the end of the day, it's going to end up, you know, Frost isn't the savior. He's the coach. The players have to play. They have to, and the buy-in, I'm tired of the buy-in. You know, it's just, you need to play. You need to, you need to get out there. You need to hit. You need to love football. That's what you need to do. He can't play for them. They're going to have to play for themselves. And I don't know. We talked about this at the beginning of the year. You know, or what's going to happen when this team gets hit in the face a couple times? You know, we we, we at, at that point we were thinking, oh, we're going to be three and zero non-con going into the Michigan game, and this was going to be the big test. Well, now we're zero and three with Michigan pummeling us. How's this team going to react? You've got us, but to your point, we have a strong leader, a guy who's not going to shake on his his vision of the program, what he wants his team to be like, and what he expects his team to do Monday through Thursday, Friday, up until game day. Right? This is yep. this is how this has to sure. work to get to this point. So when it when it happens, when it all comes together, I think we'll we can point to Frost and say, Well that that's what they needed, a strong leader. But until the players take some accountability, and I think we have some guys, we need more. But um, he he points out Moberry, he points out Stanley Morgan, Luke Gifford, all guys that I think we would all agree you could see on Saturday were the ones playing. DiCaprio Boodle is another one I would point sure. out. Played hard the whole game. It's it's as plain as day on the field. What's happening? Who's playing? Who's not? So Mac or, or Honky, um, yeah, he, he said that you know we we don't look like Michigan out there, right? That we're eighteen year olds and they're they're twenty two year olds, and it sure looked like that watching the game from the get go. They dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball to an an embarrassing uh, um, effect, really. And um, he also, I think, maybe alluded today that. Maybe this turnaround is, is uh, there's a there's more to it than what even they uh, initially thought maybe was necessary, right? That it's going to take a little bit longer to get us to where we want to want to go. Um, I mean, do you do you feel like that was just a miscalculation on their their part, or maybe some of this is just these players right now are, are still swimming in some of this stuff because there was some like run fits and stuff on the defense. You're like, what is that guy doing? And I mean, the, the, some of these guys have had you know, three or four or five different position coaches, it feels like, in their careers. And uh, maybe it's everything it's still a little bit foggy right now on their their assignments because they've just had so many transitions. It could be. Um, I mean, it could be. It's probably a lot of things, right? It's probably not just one. If I was disappointed, I think, in one area overall, I thought our front seven would do better against their offensive line. And, and we were kind of told as much going into last week. Right. And they really got pushed around. And the point of the the 22-year-olds out there, you know, where Michigan had some 22-year-olds out there where we had some 18-year-olds, well, Mac and I were even having this conversation before, and we were like, well, technically we have some 22-year-olds out there. You know, the, the Stoltenbergs and the, the, the middle three of the old line, you know, we've got some 
We've got some yeah. guys out there, but r- the reality is our 22-year-olds, and I, I hate to say this, but our 22-year-olds are more like 19-year-olds in terms of development. I mean, if they haven't been getting developed from 18 to 21 under the previous staff, the way that we think that, that Zuval is doing it, the War Daddy yeah. Up movement, they really, I mean. There's no question. Peyton There's Newell, no question that they weren't developing. Peyton Newell yeah. putting on, we talked about this back in February, him putting on like 17 pounds of muscle. No, it this, was like 40 or something. Or, well, it was a ridiculous number. It was a ridiculous number for a fifth-year senior to be putting on. So the reality is he might be 22, but he's developed in some cases like a 19-year-old was. And on top of that, we do technically have a bunch of 18-year-olds out there. By the time we started to put in a lot of the backups, the guys that are going to be, I think, start. we're going to start seeing some of these faces more as yeah. the season goes on. Trey Neal talked about that in the press conference today because they specifically asked him, you know, you played these guys two years ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, they are a lot bigger and stronger, and you can tell they know what they're doing in the two years that they've had to develop, you know. So th- that's a reality. I mean, that, that is a fact. I mean, we have, we've had these guys for an off-season – and and we've made improvements, but Jim Harbaugh's been there for four years, guys, and he has been recruiting just fine. I mean, Michigan has always recruited well, and when Harbaugh got there, it was a it was a perfect storm. I mean, everyone to go, everyone wanted to go play for that guy. He was a big, big time hire. So yeah, that he's got those guys, and they're developing. Brown's a great defensive coordinator. Those guys are hungry, and and they do remember the comment from Frost about how back when he played them in UCF that they were the clearly the more physical team, and and that you mm-hmm. know bulletin board material or not. But but you know, I'll, I'll call us out. I'll call I'll call the media. I'll, I'll call Vegas out. Who said it'd be seventeen and a half points? I don't think anybody saw this. I didn't see this, right? Um, but, you know, what's it going to take to get there? Frost talked today. He said, we didn't look like Michigan looked on Saturday. That's the re- the recruiting gets. That's where recruiting gets you. Great thing for us now is, is recruiting is we're going to be able to get out and tell people that this is a big-time place. It's an unbelievable environment to play, and there's going to be opportunity for you to come in and compete to play early because some of the holes and lack of depth that we have. All right, that's, that's what – recruiting is going to be one piece of this. It absolutely is. A second year of War Daddy Up and Zach Duvall is a key piece of this. Those are things that are going to get us developed. But at the end of the day, the core tenet that Frost had, and I love this quote, I want a a whole team full of guys who are tough and love football. And I got to tell you, Boomer, you're the Husker historian. There is black and white audio or video of of Devaney. It must have been like the Bob Devaney show back in like 1965. But – they ask him a question. There's a chalkboard behind him. They go, you know, what do you look for in a football player? And he goes, I love big, tough football guys who love football and, are, you know, who are tough. And, I mean, it was almost almost like verbatim what, what Frost said there. So whether you're running, you know, wing T veer football or if you're running spread, you can hit. And, and I'll say one other thing here because I've gone on a little while. There was – we retweeted something earlier today. It was a pass pro video from Ohio State and a guy in pass pro – just punching the defensive guy. I mean, just knocking him over. And the whole point of that was it's not the scheme. It's not, you know, we can talk scheme. People have been freaking out about our scheme all of a sudden the last couple of days. Sure. It's a mentality. It's the culture. It's the toughness. You can run anything if, you just, if you're physical doing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, Boomer, I mean, what do you – I mean, Max said it earlier. He's done with this whole uh, uh, culture and buy-in type uh, angle. Uh, do you feel like we're getting beyond that conversation finally, or is that going to continue to run through the rest of the season? Well, I think if the team continues to struggle, it's still going to run through the rest of the season, at least in the fan base. I mean, we like to have someone to blame, and, you know, culture is an easy one to blame. 
gosh, we, there's still people fighting the, the coaching wars of the last three or four regimes on, on the internet and Twitter. It just gives some, you know, people something to argue about, something to, you know, some place to direct their ire. And I think it's just going to happen. Um, you know, we said it before that winning solves a lot of things, and until this team wins, you're going to keep hearing those those arguments. And you know, here's why it's not working. Here's our here's our rationale. And you know, culture is an easy one to blame. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to speculate at all on on anything. But uh, you know, as we've gotten now into you know third or fourth games into the season, there's a few other programs that are seeing some of that redshirt rule effect, where some some guys are starting to declare that they're gonna gonna transfer uh guys so i guess we'll find out if anybody's really that unhappy uh come um you know next week or so we we could see some people leave but i hope that's not the case and uh you know that everybody is uh you know not only just buying in by saying it but actually through actions and i think that's going to ultimately how the game you know the year is going to play out you know boomer you're running through the um the season before we started the show and you know, this week is important versus Purdue. If we could somehow regroup, and I think at any point it could happen, and, and we we turn this corner and we uh, win a, a tight game or, or whatever, uh, that could set us up for still trying to get to six wins. But if we lose this week, that, that uh, goal could be um, diminishing uh, quickly. Yeah, this is, you know, we said it before that this is actually an important game, not for the reasons we initially you know thought it was going to be important, but... <laughs> But it is, like we said, if we lose this game, six wins, regardless of what Bill Moose says, you know, that's going to be hard to come by. And you hate to, you know, if we're building a program or changing the culture, whatever you want to call it, starting new players, you hate to lose that bowl practice time. I mean, that just sets 2019 up for a bit of a challenge, too. So you got to win this game. I mean, if you want to take any real steps forward this year, this one's one you just have to have, I think. Hey, Hawk, uh, maybe you could add to this a little bit. You know, I was, I was trying to think, one of the first things I asked you after the game was, like, you know, even in a loss, a bad loss, you can say, like, wow, you know, at least I, I, I took this out of the game. That was a positive or something. It was just impossible to find any sort of positive outcomes. One thing I, I realized we really missed seeing in this game was the development of Adrian Martinez in the sense that he was just running for his life back there in that first half. You couldn't you couldn't even get a, a sense of you know how Adrian was was acting as a leader for that team practically because he was literally just scrambling to avoid a sack almost every play. Um, so, you know, going to the Purdue game here, I think that's something to look forward to to see how well uh, this team rallies behind um, mm-hmm. Martinez, you know. You know, uh we had our Redcast tailgate at the Colorado game, and when that game got done, and and obviously uh, Martinez got injured in that, uh, we have some connections from from the California area, Fresno area, and there's some people that talked about how, you know, that Adrian, you know, at least he had some kind of reputation out there that he wasn't he wasn't as tough of a guy, and I didn't we didn't talk about it on the show afterwards because I think it's I think that's I'm, I'd have to be malarkey. Out. It's malarkey, all right. Um, anybody that watched that game and, and can come away thinking that he's not a tough kid, that he's not out there giving it his all, I mean, they – whatever. I, again, you'd have to bleep me out. That kid was running on, you know, probably 75%, 80% and took the hits, got up. I mean, that's a tough environment to be in. He didn't have a lot of help on a lot of those plays. Um, and you know what? I mean, I'm prouder of that kid walking out of that game than, than, than coming into it. Today – 
uh, Frost talked about the QB run game. And some of the questions were, you know, what are we basically – do we need to do something to kind of alter it? And he talked about how um, compared to previous guys, he goes, Adrian's a little different than Mariota and Milton. He weighs as much as Frost did when he played. And in the future, he'll be durable enough that they'll be able to do whatever they want with him. But for right now, they, they realize they may have to kind of alter some things up there. But at the end of the day, he also says we have to call what we think will work in the games. And that's, that's the truth there with, with Adrian right now is that he gives us that extra dynamic – element in the backfield that we talked about last week we were missing it against Troy we need to have that we need to have him be healthy um obviously but if we can get that back I mean we can develop a, a we can develop a backfield around him that's the thing and I think I and to your point Dave games like Saturday where he's getting up after those hits if that doesn't win over your offensive line who in cases, let him down. Or if that doesn't win over your running back who maybe missed a block, or if that doesn't win over your tight end or your receiver who drops a pass, if that doesn't win it, win those guys over, that's a culture thing. That That's players that need to <laughs> move on. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking for positives, and, and, and I'm not going to argue, there, there weren't many. <laughs> um, but he survived that game, and, and that's huge. That is huge. But also, you got a real – glimpse into his makeup he didn't get up he didn't point fingers he never seemed frustrated with the line which he had every reason to he never was frustrated with his wide receivers who dropped balls on him that kid got no help that entire game he was trying to survive and he survived it so and and i'm excited the way frost said they're going to use him going forward you know he's talked about him being the same size he was in college and and we can kind of do whatever we want with him uh, going forward you know those are the kind of things that keep me excited for this team and, and the direction we're going so you look at him he got up yeah even his frustration which he clearly could have been feeling it didn't manifest into a whiny kind of i mean he's a freshman he's a true freshman you know and and he shows the kind of maturity that you would look at a, at a quarterback and, and, a, and a leader and, and, and kind of point to and say yeah that guy that's the kind of guy who can inspire a team now how soon that team's going to rally behind that? That's the million-dollar question, right? But, but I think the quarterback position, if that kid can stay healthy, and by healthy I mean the line blocks for him and occasionally somebody <laughs> makes a catch when we need him to, um, we're in a good position with that one. And that's probably one of the most – it is the most important position on the team and certainly on offense. So uh, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. There you go, Redcasters. There's McGuire silver lining for the week. All right. And Bunch actually came back and wasn't uh, injured too bad, so we still have a backup. Honk? Mm-hmm. Well, this is something. I'm going to ask the question to Boomer. Um, we talked last week about the importance of field position and the starting field position for and against. Uh, Nebraska has started just one drive this season on the opponent's side of the field, and that was after the Troy muffed bunt, and there was only one that started at the 50 against Colorado. So, Boomer, against Michigan, if you had to guess, what was the starting field position in Nebraska versus Michigan in this one? Probably not good. Uh, <laughs> I just had to guess. Oh, heck. I'd probably almost put Michigan on the 35 or 40, and we're probably back on the – well, we fair caught a lot of kickoffs that they were, you know, nice enough to have plenty of, so probably around the 25, I'd imagine. You are a smart, smart man, Boomer. Nebraska started at our 21. Right. Michigan started at its 37. Wow. So a, they had a plus 16 on the uh, field position game. Every, on average, 
every possession they're starting at 16 yards closer to the goal line than we are. And yep. that factors in so many things, turnovers, penalties, special teams, third down conversions, all the four things that we talked about last week, they, they came up again. And so moving forward and trying to put a bow on this game and move forward to Purdue, I mean, it's going to sound like a broken record, but we've got to fix those four things. In fact, I'm getting to the point, Dave, you and I were talking about it throughout the game. We were actually kind of tracking it possession by possession. And Redcasters out there, I'm telling you, track this. Track field position. First, first you know, uh, possession, if we get the ball at the 20, mark it down. Nebraska 20. And then if we go three and out and punt it and they get the ball at the 40, mark it down. They got it at the 40. That matters, and it adds up, and we've got to get better at that. We have questions about our bad starts. Uh, Tate, uh, first-time mailbagger. We're not even in the mailbag section yet, but Tate <laughs> asked a question about that, you know, uh, about – um, you know, just why are we getting off to such slow starts? And Frost even talked about the day. He goes, it starts in the summer. It starts in the weight room. Running sprints first. You have to be ready to go. He goes, I think our, I think our kids think they're ready to go, but we certainly haven't done that on defense and on offense. We've turned the ball over. So even Frost is saying he thinks they think they're ready to go, but but they're not. I mean, and he, I don't know how you get past that other than at some point you just you just, it's repetition. At some point you just have to, you go out there and you play better and you go, okay, that's, that's the level we have to be at. And we've never really been able to get into our tempo game either. You know, we just uh, we yeah. don't get first downs with any kind of regular clip. We haven't yet to see this offense perform at it's like, you know, what we were kind of not promised, but, you know, kind of talked about what it's going to look like. Sure. You know, well, when we go fast and we're going to be hard to stop, but well, when is that going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to get a first down and you got to, you know, block. Yeah. yeah, a little. You know, uh, Michael Severe on the bottom line was pointing out the the yards per um, point uh, uh, scenario, where mm-hmm. they, uh, talks about efficiency of the offense. And right now we are like a hundred and twenty something in in the country. It's like a 18, 18 yards or something like that uh, per point or some insane thing. Whereas defensively, um, our opponent only needs to get like nine yards for every point they're scoring. So it's just like. Just, just awful stats all around. So, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> all I can say. All right, guys, let's uh, actually do that mailbag, honk. Let's uh, head right into it. The Redcast Mailbag, brought to you by Wendy's, using sea salt since 2010 to help mask the soggy, undercooked potatoes we call French fries. Wendy's. First, I think you had a Twitter poll out there last week. We were asking folks. Uh, where they listen to the Redcast. Did you get any uh, feedback on that? Yeah, something we discussed last week, and uh, uh, thanks for all the responders. Uh, a couple of them that I want to highlight here. Travis from Phoenix uh, said that he likes to listen to us at 4.30 on Tuesday in the gym. Uh, my only issue is you guys sometimes make jokes and I lose my concentration, so I have to pause or else I'll drop the weights myself. That's good. <laughs> we, we don't want anyone being injured listening to the Redcast. How much you bench? <laughs> We also had uh, Deborah from Dallas, Texas, and, and she says that she uh, uh, thanks for giving me a media outlet to listen to so I can get all my Husker info. I feel right at home. So, you know, Dave, you're out there in Denver. I know, I know how good it feels when you, when you have somebody you can listen to that, that's talking some Husker stuff. I, th- I think you're, you like it out there, too. That was, that Absolutely. was Debbie from Dallas? That was, well, Is that, that, it was Deborah from oh, – I'm not going to say her last name, but – Debbie from Dallas sounds not as nice. Let's move on to the mailbag. 
And uh, uh, we have a first-time mailbagger and a repeat mailbagger. Uh, the repeat one here, Tony Hayek, uh, he said, is this, like fr- uh, is this like Frost when he says the bottom? Is this the bottom right now? Is getting blown out by Michigan truly the worst thing that will happen uh, to us under his staff? Uh, I guess I get to pick who's going to answer that. So I'm going to point this one to Dave. Is this the bottom? Right. That's a, it's, I mean, you can look at the schedule and say, no, this could happen again. Uh, you have a road game at Ohio State. That it could happen there. Clearly, uh, it could be worse. Uh, I felt like I was I was talk, watching the game with Anki. I was like, Jim Harbaugh knows that Ohio State has beat us sixty-two to three, and he's gonna try to run this score up to that number. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's it's the worst for me. From a point total standpoint, I would like to think by that time, even though it's only like a month away, we're going to be more competitive as a program. Mm-hmm. And we'll be making progress, and we're going to hang in there um, against any of these other opponents, including Wisconsin, even in two weeks. So my mm-hmm. my hope is that this is the bottom. And if Frost is saying that, there's no reason right now I, I would disagree with him. I think that's a good point there because it. I think we have to create a definition. And, Mac, I'm going to ask you this. We have to kind of create a definition for a second of what the bottom means. Now, we can just look at the point total, and we understand that was a bad game. But technically, we could lose a game almost similar in terms of points, but but not be the bottom. But what when when Coach Frost says this was the bottom, what all comes entails that? I guess assuming that he means that allowing consecutive weeks of punt returns for touchdowns or, you know, double-digit penalties or starting a game, you know, multiple touchdowns down, you know, in the first quarter or so. You know, those things could go away. (laughs) And, and, yeah, we could still lose a game fairly bad. Like Ohio Ohio State. Yeah. And, and, yeah, that would be better. That would be an improvement. I mean, the reality is that there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. Um, that and and some of those things could still be fixed, and we could still get, you know, smashed by a team like Ohio State. You know, they're very good. You know, <laughs> but but we can be improving. I think that's the the way the season's going to go. You know, after last week's game, and I've I've readjusted what I what I'm going to look for and how how this season's going to make me happy. And I think that's important, folks. Find how this season's going to make you happy outside of a win loss record, because. The season will be over before you know it, and the off season's super long. So find your happy spots, guys. Yeah, I mean, if you think about this, and we've talked about comparing Frost to other coaches that are trying to turn programs around, and I mean, James Franklin was in in year three, and he had he was losing to Minnesota, and yep. he was on the ropes essentially, and somehow Penn State wins that in overtime, goes on to not lose until the Rose Bowl, and everything has changed since, right? Sometimes it just finally happens. Yep. Texas this week, last week they beat TCU. They're looking better. Tom Herman just got blown up by Maryland a few weeks ago and looks like it was a disaster. And suddenly now Texas is on the upswing. So, yep. So, Redcasters, don't be stupid. Hang in there. Give people people time. Um, And uh, Redcast or mailbag virgin uh, Nate from Springfield goes, longtime listener, first time writing in. Um, with the recent string of pressers, press conferences, I guess, from players and Coach Frost, could the solution really be as simple as a personnel change, benching non-performing players, allowing underclassmen and, and plays instead, 
and waiting out the seniors from previous coaches until a foundation of Frost recruits. Okay, I guess there's a lot in there, but Boomer, I'm going to throw this one to you. With the the recent string of press conferences from players and Coach Frost, could the solution really be as simple as personnel changes? Well, I think you'd almost have to say there has to be some kind of personnel changes. I mean, there's things that clearly aren't working. You know, we've all highlighted special teams. Our return game is not working there. You know, that's something's going to have to change there for that to get better. I don't think we're expecting much else from that. And, and again, this kind of brings that question again of culture and the buy-in to the, you know, to this coaching style, to this program. You'd hope that coaches are putting the best players out there, or what they see as the best players in practice. And you know, I don't know. Maybe this is just one of those things you can only get in a in a game experience. It might be one of those scenarios where. In practice, these do seem like the best players that that think they think they're buying in or think they think they know what they're doing on it. And only when a real game scenario rolls around, it's clear that they're not. You know, so maybe it wouldn't hurt to make some changes. You know, there's some positions where I just don't know how feasible that would be. You know, like offensive tackle, do we really have anyone else that's going to be able to fill those roles, anything like that? You know, we were putting safeties up in the big man formation, you know, on on defense. That was weird. Yeah, I don't really understand that I, I hope someone asked Shenander about that, you know, some point this week, kind of see what that is. So it might just be the scenario where we just don't have feasible bodies to to put in some of those positions. I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's or it's yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, or or it's a growing pains year, and part of a growing pains year is maybe you play some players that aren't quite ready in a typical other season. Right. But this year, hey, we're already going through the growing pains anyways. Let's yeah. get some young guys out there. We did start to see that Caleb Tanner, Guy Thomas. Uh, Deontay Williams, you know, making the interception and a nice hit before yeah. the the play prior to the interception. Yeah, that was those a positive. New, yeah, yeah, yeah those are new faces. That's that a guy who needs to get coached up and get on the field. I yeah. mean, he wants to play. Yeah, and maybe the yeah. win loss record isn't going to be any different, but you might feel better about losing games like that if you know what's new players and they're going through these growth pains. So maybe just politically, yep. it might not be a terrible approach to take. Yeah, I think that- Boomer's point about like how they practice opposed to how they're playing. I mean, you, you can't convince me that whatever they've seen with Tyjon Lindsay returning punts in practice, which is not the same as returning punts in a game. I mean, they, mm-hmm. that he doesn't look that way in practice because if that was the case, he, he would not be out there. They likely probably need to make a change in that position, but um, I don't blame them from trying to involve Tyjon Lindsay in some way to get him on the field to make plays. He's just not comfortable out there catching those punts though. So, yeah. Well, and our, our final question uh, from the mailbag this week comes from Honky from Roca. And in 15 seconds, can you guys name the seven towns from Nebraska that are three letters? Go. Ong. Ord. Ord. Um, Oak. Uh, B. Oh, B. Was that was a good one. Um, Five more seconds. Shoot. B. Ski. Three. Flare. Two. One, wow. done. All right, well, you got four of the seven. Ong, Oak, Ord, B, Max, Dix, and Elm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and this is me dropping the mic. Very nice. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a Max, Dick, no. and Elm? Dix. <laughs> Max, Dix. Not, not Max, Dick. <laughs> Max, Dix, and Elm. I thought we were a PG Yeah, we, uh, Yeah, what, what happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got beeped last year or last week, beeped or Mac and everything. You're not getting beeped. Name of a town. I wasn't saying anything wrong. No, no. So, anyways, uh, Dave, that was that was the mailbag for the week.
Alright, alright, great guys, great. Uh, alright, should we head uh, to the Redcast Pick'em? Redcast Predictions. Brought to you by Wendy's. Drop on by and come explore our menu today to find out all the items you can be overpaying for. Wendy's. Alright, well, let's, uh, let's take a look. How did everybody do last week in the Redcast Pick'em? Anyone? Anyone? I do not have it in front of me, so I don't know. I don't remember who I picked. I know I picked <laughs> I Michigan. Pretty happy about that pick. Yeah. Uh, I, I have mine in front of me, and I um, I see ten correct picks on my list. How about you guys? That Alabama one pay off for you, Dave? I mean, he went on a limb on that one. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ten or no, guys. Ten or no. Uh, hopefully I can I'm keep guessing. I, I know I took a bunch of... Uh, I was the only one taking some of the, the picks there, so yeah, I think Donkey went six and, and four, four, if I'm not mistaken. So I went pretty, that. Are you serious? Good. I went that good. I think so. I think Holy you only picked four different than I. So I think that's how it played out. Oh wow! God, I thought I went like three and seven. I'm, hey, good job, I'm impressed. Man. All right. Well, yeah. well you All took right. Nebraska. You took Iowa. Oh yeah. I think you took Indiana or some crazy thing like that. And Wake Forest. Well, I was the only Wake one taking Wake Forest. What about TCU? Did Jake TCU? I took TCU. Well, then you went oh, five yeah, and five. Then you know, I'm at yeah. least five. Oh, you took TCU. Well, yeah. you picked them to win it. Yeah, that's right. I don't get a choice. Yeah. Yeah. What choice did I have? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's dive into this uh, week five of the pick'em. And so these are the the picks that really count on the Redcast pick'em now on the Yahoo. You can't can't uh, miss another week. So let's start uh, with. A Friday night game right here in Colorado where the Buffs are hosting Eucla. Chip Kelly and the Bruins of UCLA coming to Boulder. Colorado's a 10-point favorite. Boomer, let's start with you. Uh, UCLA is another team that first-year head coaching, you know, blue is there. And thank goodness it's, you know, from Scott Frost's uh, mentor. But uh, anyway, let's go Colorado. I kind of picked this game just to kind of bring up the, the Chip Kelly struggles there, very similar to what we're facing in installing that, that system. It is difficult to go from a pro style to to this type of uh, spread uh, running quarterback offense. So, uh, Honk? You know, it's something that we talked about this weekend is the way that Nebraska got really overpowered by Michigan and the way that they – physically overpowered CU is that how good is CU? I guess we'll have at least some kind of comparison to go off of Friday night. I think CU is going to win. I'll say CU. But boy, if they don't, if they struggle with UCLA, this could be a thing where even that, that close game with Colorado that gave us a lot of hope might might kind of you know, take yeah. for some of that. Yeah, very true. Mac? I will pick Colorado. I don't know. UCLA has got struggles i don't care either so <laughs> <laughs> it's at colorado well we all pick uh take our, our our picks uh differently right uh as illustrated by our, our buddy dan and um yeah I, i'm gonna take the buffs too but i am a little leery here i think just like nebraska eventually ucla is gonna break through and uh, i just don't know if it's this week so i'll take the buffs uh okay let's uh this is an intriguing one we have West Virginia, a four-point favorite on the road in Lubbock. So they have to travel, oh, I don't know, 2,000 miles or something uh, to face the Red Raiders. Texas Tech coming off a big 
victory against Oklahoma State. Let's start with hockey. I'm going with my lock of the week. I'm going Texas Tech, who just beat Oklahoma State, and all those miles they have to fly, Texas Tech. Wow, interesting. All right, Boomer. Uh, Charming Lubbock, the side of the first college football game I ever personally watched. Um, Red Raiders looked better last week, but Big 12 is always a goofy mess of surprises. Let's go West Virginia. Still wins this. That sounds like a reasonable yep. That's all uh, I got. reason to pick uh, the Mountaineers. Let's go with Mac. I'm going to go with West Virginia as well with my lock of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Mountain Mama? Have we ever done that before? Can you do that? Nice. We, we just, we just crossed lock of the week. <laughs> you can't stamp a double stamp. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to take West Virginia, uh, but I'm intrigued here. We'll see, see how that plays out. Um, all right. Uh, we're staying in the Big 12, and we have uh, Texas taking on Kansas State. Going to Manhattan, Texas is a nine-point favorite. Uh, Mac, let's start with you. K-State owns Texas. That's all I'm going to say. I'm taking the Wildcats. It's probably not a wise pick. All right. Honk? I am also taking Kansas State for the exact same reasons. And and Dan, our our graphics person, I want you to add a plus five to this. This is Honky's plus five, minus five, extra pick of the week. If I miss it, you can knock five losses off. But I'm going to pick up five here. (laughs) Because Kansas State's going to win in Manhattan against Texas. It just happens. All right, all right. I, I'm going to take Texas just because, obviously, I've been high on Texas. And, uh, well, Honky's always wrong. So, Boomer. <laughs> well, that's uh, not quite his octo pick of the week like he had last year, but that's, that's all right. right. So, Penta pick of the week, I guess, but that's good. Uh, let's go, Texas. They're showing improvement. All right, sounds good. But let's uh, go to the SEC. We have Florida, who started slow, but are, are still seems to be winning, uh, heading to Stark Vegas to take on Mississippi State. Uh, Bulldogs trying to bounce back from getting uh, really beat down by Kentucky, which is something you don't say every day. Um, let's let's start with Boomer on this one. This one was tough. Uh, I said Kentucky turned out to be a better team than I thought they'd be, so I'm not sure how to read those losses for both those guys. Uh, yeah. You also have Mullen coming back yeah, to start. Yeah, right? that's a uh, yeah. Let's go Florida. Why not? Oh, all right, all right. That's good. Uh, Mac, what do you got? I'm taking the Bulldogs on this one. Honk. I'm going with the Gator Chomp Gators. Great. <laughs> I guess I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this could go either way. It really could. I'll I'll take the home team, Mississippi State. Uh, hopefully, I don't regret that. Uh, all right, let's uh, head to our neck of the woods, at least conference-wise. And uh, one of the big games of the week, Ohio State is a four-point favorite versus Penn State. This is in State College. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, let's let's start with Honky. Yeah, the tough ones, you start with Honky, Dave. <laughs> let's see what you think here. I, I'm going to right, I'll stop, back stop, today. stop. All right, I, I will go ahead and take Penn State. I'm <laughs> okay, t- going off on a State. limb. I'm actually going to take this one serious, oh. as opposed to my other ones. Uh, I mean, this is a, what a honky serious pick, pick of, of the week. week. <laughs> what a, what an important game this is. I mean, like I don't want to gloss over the fact that this is Ohio State and Penn State playing right now. If I, I, I mean, does Michigan have There's a implication? Sure, well, seriously, does Michigan have a chance at, at the the playoff? 
if the Big uh, Ten wants to get someone in, it's going to come from this game, isn't it? Or or do we think that if Michigan guess, ran the table, I, a loss versus Notre Dame doesn't look terrible. So not with okay, Notre Dame looking as as good yeah. as they did last week either. So okay, I mean this is a this is a huge game. I'm going to go with Ohio State. Man, I mean this game obviously could go either way, but I think Ohio State is just playing at a different level right now. Honky series pick of the week, Ohio State. All right, Mac. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can come back to you. <laughs> I don't know. Dead air is not good for hey, Boomer. Fill, fill this dead air with uh, your prediction while Mac wrestles with this. Well, if they keep Urban Meyer off Twitter for a week and he can kind of focus on the game. <laughs> boy, I'm looking forward to this, watching this. But let's go, I just say Ohio State. That yeah, should be an exciting game. All right. I'll, I'll give Mac a few more seconds by saying okay. that I think with uh, Bosa out, you know, it could impact Ohio State's ability to get to McSorley. Uh, it's at uh, Penn State. I think it can be crazy there. Um, so that's why I'm taking Penn State. Do we know the barometric pressure <laughs> of this game? 29. Well, it's hard to say without possibly knowing the front moving through at the time there. The so, dew yeah. points? I don't know. I, I, I'm going to. That's a good point with Bosa, though. I'll, I'll go with Penn State based off Bosa. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right. Another one here of ranked teams. We have Stanford at Notre Dame. Notre Dame four and a half point favorites at home. Notre Dame switched up their quarterback, went to a freshman. I don't know if he's a true freshman or not, but uh, they dropped, what was it, 56 points versus Wake Forest. Uh, so Notre Dame seems to be. Uh, getting better uh, week by week here. Let's uh, let's start with Honky. Is Bryce Love back? Do we know? My understanding is yes, he's playing, but I don't. I not for sure. Okay, certain. well if he, if he's back, then I'm going with Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect logic there. It's deep thinking there. Honky's horrible pick of the week brought to you by Wendy's. Stop on by when that runs a line is too long because we're thinking that has got to be the only reason you're eating at a Wendy's. Wendy's! Uh, Boomer? Uh, Stanford hasn't let me down yet this year. They, they tried, but not yet. So let's go Stanford. Alright, I like that. Um, I'll, I'll take Notre Dame, although I... I you know, Stanford got lucky last week a little bit on that comeback to Oregon, but uh, that luck's got to run out. So I'm, I'm taking the Fighting Irish. Mac, I'm taking the Domers as well. All right, uh, let's have this. Is another ranked uh, versus ranked here, but not quite so exciting as the previous two. We have the Cougs BYU uh, going to Washington to take on the Huskies. Uh, let's let's start with Mac. I'm going to take the Huskies. There you go. All right. Honky? Uh, you know, I need to catch up on Mac, so I'm going to go with BYU. Are you behind me? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just guessing. Oh. At this point, he probably is. At this point I, of this week, he probably is. I, I, like... I went from first to last in four weeks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you had a dominant lead for one week. That's why I hang tight at third. I like to roll third. I think I was up six on Dave after week one. I'm down three now to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, Boomer. Uh, Washington with the lock of the week. I don't think BYU is going to sneak up on anybody else this year after Wisconsin's oh, debacle. Good move. Yeah. 
Good move, Boomer. That leaves Dave with the lock of the week. He's the only one that hasn't done it I yet. was going to so take that as well as my Bama lock, but I actually, <laughs> as a gentleman, offered it to Boomer first. That was clearly my that lock was kinda, of It was week. a strategic lock of the week more so than any faith in mm. Washington. But okay, yeah. so Dave has taken Washington too. Okay, so Bama's up next. What's the next one, Dave? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't have Bama on there this week, but we may have the Bama of the East this year with those Kentucky Wildcats. Ooh, they are nice. hosting the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Kentucky's only a one-point favorite. I'm sure it's just going to be a crazy atmosphere in Lexington. I have a soft spot in my heart for Kentucky because I used to take them in, like, college EA Sports, college football, 98 or whatever, always trying to, like, bring them to, to prominence. And I'd always lose a game, and then Mac would actually try to play my team because he wanted to prove that, you know, it was just my <laughs> poor like video game play, yet he would still lose a game with Kentucky. It was like impossible to win. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> yep, yep. You would actually lose. You're like, this is unbelievable. Mac, do you want to start this uh, this off? Um, who's playing? <laughs> it would be South Carolina at oh. Kentucky. Oh. Uh, is Kentucky? No, come back to me. No, Kentucky. I'm picking Kentucky. All right. I'm also taking Sorry. Kentucky. Honk. Boomer, who are you going to take? Well, I'm strategically guarding my last pick here just to kind of keep everyone oh, I didn't know yeah. we could do that. Well, I'm going to take Kentucky, too, but I don't want you taking Kentucky because then all four of us well, do. That's just not as entertaining. I was going to take are Kentucky. You, you, gonna, you know? Okay, well, then I'll take South, I'm taking okay, South Carolina. So, yeah. I'm, Dan, I'm taking South Carolina, and Boomer is taking Kentucky. Fair enough. Hockey's always a big must-champ fan, so that makes total sense. It makes total sense. All right. What's so we've got the the Ducks uh, trying to come back from a, a difficult loss there. Uh, a three-point favorite on the road to the Golden Bears of California. Uh, California is actually ranked as well. Did I see that right? Is that possible? Could be, but this point, ranked. yeah, they're 3-0, oh, so they might well be. See, if we were just 3-0, oh, we could have got ranked this year, but no, no, <laughs> we're not. Um I'll be happy to go first on this one since you can't argue that I was like, you know, stealing a lock of the week that was not there to steal. But I, I'm taking Oregon, uh, the lock of the week over California. Ooh. Boomer. Uh, well, first off, I just want to announce to uh, Mario Cristobal, uh, my constant standing offer. If you need a time management coach, I'm available and I'm very cheap. You could have had a win. Against Stanford, but anyway. Be careful. Berkeley's a very expensive place to live. That's true. So that's, yeah, but anyway, yeah, well, uh, Oregon showed some life last week, even though they crashed and burned. We're going Ducks. All right, uh, Mac. Ducks. Honk. Well, I guess I got to take the home team. I'm going with Cal, and I think the Ducks are going to, you know, I don't win. Win. Guys, I, <laughs> no, crash and burn. I couldn't think of the uh, term. They're going to crash and burn after that that horrible uh, Stanford comeback. So I, I think I know my formula for always making sure the honky goes like three and seven each week. Just simply let him pick last yep. because he's always yeah. just going to the opposite. So it's such a it's contrarian. Actually, it is a better. I don't know that it's more entertaining for anybody that you pick other picks. It's, I think that's just in your head. No, dude. it is. It actually okay. is. It's more entertaining to me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if people are still. Li- hey, tweet at us if you still listen to this part of the show. We would like to know because we we enjoy it. I would a love lot, to skip but. it. Yeah, <laughs> analytics don't tell us that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, wrap up this segment with uh, the game of 
that uh, we'll all be watching. We have Purdue coming to Lincoln. Purdue's a three-point favorite, which, mm-hmm. look, honestly, I, I'm a little surprised it was that that low considering what we looked like. Uh, let's start with Honky on this one because I know you'll pick uh, with your heart on this no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I picked us to beat Michigan. I'm not going to pick us to lose to Purdue. Um, okay. We got to fix the four things, third down defense, special teams, turnovers, penalties. They got to start at some point. We're going to get some backups in there or some of the younger kids in there to start playing. Uh, Martinez is already announced as a starter. Uh, it's time to clean up the airs. Let's play a good game. It's homecoming week. We're going to have a lot of people back. I'm going to say uh, Nebraska 31, Purdue 27. All right. Mac. <sighs> I, too, will pick with my heart because I really need a win. I really, really need us to win a game. I don't care what the score is. I really couldn't care less. It could be 9-3. to 9-3! Three. to three. That's my score. There you go. <laughs> right, yeah, I like it. Nice. First, first few numbers that pop in your head. That's what I'm calling. I don't care. 3-6. to six. Call it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Boomer. Oh, yeah, it's another one of those games. Looking at the stats, you just hard-pressed to see how Nebraska wins. Although, if there's any team that's probably as unluckily cursed as we are, Purdue is close to it. Um, they managed to – they could legit be 4-0 and at this point, but they managed to choke three games away. I'm going to say they choke it away again. It's Nebraska 25, Purdue 24. <laughs> All right. That score sounds familiar. It does. It away last year's yeah. game, too. So. Yeah, it's a must-win for Nebraska, so they, they somehow – Miraculously pull it off. I don't know. So. We need it. We need That's it right. more than they yeah. Do. yeah. I don't know how our back could be against the wall any more than this right now. So uh, I will also take Nebraska because why not at this point? Uh, I have nothing to lose. You guys all pick Nebraska, so it's not a game I, uh, I'd lose in the standing. So I'll, I'll say Nebraska twenty-eight, Purdue twenty-three. All right, guys. Cool. Uh, let's. Uh, I feel good about this. Yeah, me too. I'm feeling good. You guys feeling good? It's the first week of back-to-back same starting quarterbacks. That's yep. got to be worth nine points. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I require a special team. Yeah, that's a lot of special team things going on here. I don't know. Damn if it, I don't like my yeah. pick now. <laughs> I think you're going to touchdown and a, a two-point conversion. Or a safety or where a he – Safety. Yeah, safety, yeah. yeah. three throw the ball back to Purdue guy and he bats it out of the end zone or something that makes it a safety or however that, that works now. That was a horse. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bag. That was probably the most unusual play. You'll never see that play ever again. No, no. That'll, that'll never happen again. In the NFL would spend lives. eight weeks deciding if that was a catch or not, so I mean, it'd be you know, <laughs> just as well. Somebody was targeting or something. That's right. All right, guys, let's get out of here with some parting shots. Uh, let's start with Honky, because I know he has probably three. <laughs> Actually, I do. Three is exactly the number. Um Number one, another great weekend for volleyball. Uh, we didn't beat Michigan on the gridiron, but we did beat them uh, on the volleyball court. Ha! Ah! <laughs> and they were they were undefeated at the time, Michigan was, so that was good. Uh, and then I think we also beat Michigan State, so great job, ladies. Um, next up, uh, the whole concept that Purdue maybe has bulletin board material because Frost said they, he thought the game was winnable. Screw you. It is winnable. Yeah, Mike Riley and, beat you last year. Well, and if, and if you're hurt, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's as bad as, like, people being mad about Wendy's tweeting out some really funny stuff. I mean, I got <laughs> to give him some credit. 
And but yeah, I mean, my goodness, bulletin board, get over yourselves. Okay, last but not least, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep this to about a minute or less. Nebraska ball tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, practice starts. We did get a couple of uh, recruits uh, from Western Nebraska Central Community College uh, or Central College. Gervais Green, six threes from Denver. And he picked us over Iowa State, uh, Arizona State, Wichita. I had a couple other offers. Micah Adams-Wood uh, from Syracuse. Uh, he's a guard. Picked us from some smaller schools up in the Northeast. He's a left-handed point guard, so that's that's of interest. And Isaiah Roby, he was on uh, the bottom line today with, with Michael Severe. And just some really good he's, – he's got some injuries like uh, with uh, plantar fasciitis, but sounds like he's going to be at least okay, be able to practice, but not going to be full go right. for a couple of weeks. But – um, still going to be playing. And, and there's some really good things that he talked about with the advice he got from the NBA. Listen, in fact, instead of me trying to repeat it all, listen to the bottom line, Michael Severe, some of the stuff from Monday morning. Uh, there was a really good, really good piece on that. So, anyways, that's my parting shot. Yeah, Severe is really high on left handed point guards, which uh, was intriguing to me. I didn't, didn't realize. So, um, good to know we, we have one coming. And uh, with Roby, uh, with plantar fasciitis, uh, Isaiah, if you're listening to the show, just do some yoga, man. I'm telling you, you'll stretch out those those legs. You'll be good to go. All right, Mac? Um, I just want to kind of go out there and talk about this. I keep hearing this Husker fans need to pump the brakes with all the Scott Frost hate and, and how you know people are questioning if he was the right hire or not. Quite frankly... I haven't seen that or heard that except for maybe 10 tweets online. Everybody I talk to understands what this process is going to be. So if, if the local media or whoever that media is is kind of pumping out that narrative that Nebraska fans are fed up with the season already, knock it off. That's not the case. We're not that stupid. We were 4-8 four and, four and eight last year. It was going to be a big, long up road, or uphill battle to get relevant again. So just calm down. It's three games in. We'll be all right. It's It's – it's football, man. Have fun. Amen to that. I, think, I feel like I say that every week, but dang. It's true, though. I, I really don't don't see that much negative negativity going on either. So very, very small. Uh, Boomer. Well, I just want to give a shout-out to the uh, anonymous person who is apparently the one individual in all of America who purchased the Army Oklahoma pay-per-view of this weekend and uh, <laughs> a- accidentally, using air quotes here, uh, pointed his phone at his TV and streamed it out to uh, – all of us on Twitter, so there were at some point like 30,000 people watching that game, you know, actually live on Twitter. So, uh, wow. Yeah, kind of exciting. And uh, Army, gosh darn it, they gave it their best shot and just fell a little bit short at the end. So it was it was entertaining. The stats from that game were just... Uh, yeah, Boomer, can you run through some of those stats? Yeah, just, really just quick? a quick glance of it. Uh, time of possession, Army held the ball for 44 uh, minutes and 41 seconds. So basically almost three quarters of the entire game. Uh, the run-pass ratio for Army is probably what, kind of what Honky liked. They uh, attempted 78 carries and only nine passes, two of which were intercepted, so they probably should have tried two less of those. But, uh, yeah, ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like so the number. That's probably about though. what he's looking for. Uh, and uh, Oklahoma only ran uh, 40 plays for the entire game, so if that tells you kind of what that was. And it was it was entertaining to watch, and I think the entire country was pulling for Army, so no offense to any Sooner fans out there, but uh, you just you let, you let your country down there, Oklahoma, so... Yeah, extraordinary numbers there, and Oklahoma did escape in overtime. But it does raise some questions about Oklahoma's defense in the sense that Army controlled the the ball that much with that run game. So, wow. We'll we'll see where that goes. Hey, Boomer, did you see uh, that picture online about how Army left 
the visitor's yes. locker room at Oklahoma. Yeah, they, they, Pretty impressive. Yeah, they leave it more spotless, really, than they find it. So, yeah, that's that was yeah, yeah impressive work there. So It's kind of nice to see, especially after such a heartbreaking loss. Today. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, good, pretty classy. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick, guys, what would your take be if uh, Nebraska ever had Army come visit Lincoln? That'd be cool? Awesome. Fun to watch. Yeah. Love it. That'd yeah. be Army or, or Navy, either one of those two would be a fun. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting question for another show, but Boomer, like, what's our history with the uh, the military services? I don't know how often we played them. I, we, I think we've played Air Force a time or two, haven't we? Just as well, Air Force was uh, always the JV. Yeah. We so, played yeah, them a but, lot as uh, the freshman team. Yeah. All right, well, we'll dive into that at a, a later date, but uh, fun to think about. All right, guys, you know what? We made this a good show, yeah, despite another disappointing loss. So let's have a great show next week after a Purdue victory, right, guys? There you go. Slow starts in this podcast. I'm proud of ourselves. I really am. Well, we're buying into the culture here. That's the important part. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's call that a Go Big Red Cast. Go Big Red. Keep Purdue.